The Anfield Wrap, brought to you by High Street Solicitors, a one-stop shop for all your legal needs. Call us now on 203 1268. It's the Anfield Wrap, and I think Spring may have sprung. City Talk 105.9, and Andy Heaton's just had to run outside to pull the blind down uh, in his practical manner, as I couldn't see a thing with the sun pushing through there, through into the top of the tower where we're recording this here. Uh, with me is um, Andy Heaton, Rob Gutman, coming very, very soon as Peter Hooten. He's been at the tape. We'll find out what he's been there for when he gets here. Uh, before then, then, we've got the opening question, which comes from someone at Shakermia, S-H-A-K-E-R-M-I-E. A-H. I love spelling things for you on a Friday evening when you're driving home. That's what they call quality radio. And the question is thus, what's your favourite football oddity, e.g. the ball hitting the corner flag and staying in play? I think we've had a question like this one before, Robert. It rings a bell with me, this. But I'll, I'll <laughs> probably give the same answer I gave last time or something like this. But I like this as a question. Odd things that happen in football that, that please you. <sighs> Mishaps to referees. We've had this before. I've, I've had no time to think about this whatsoever. So... Um... What pleases me is the mishap. It's, it's, it's been a while since the golden age of pets running on the pitch. Yeah, that's gone. Uh, there was the Anfield cat not so long and, ago. And 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 people and disrobed people as well. We don't see so much anymore. As you know, I'm not amused by football. I'm intensely uh, emotional about it. So so nothing really. Nothing pleases nothing you. Nothing at all. There's not, nothing. No nothing, odd things that can happen. That Liverpool can, uh, scoring goals and winning football matches. That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. it. In the absence this is, of this is verge, people, this, that's it. This is verging on nihilism, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> just live with it. Andy Heaton. Favourite football oddity? Yes. Tony Hibbert. Ha <laughs> ha! The Hibbert's oh, been a while since, since he's had a mention. Mine is always, it's always the fact that when the goalkeeper, I always choose this one, when the goalkeeper cleans his studs and um, you, you, you see him do it before you actually hear the noise of the studs hitting the goalpost. Clack, clack, clack. And I like that because it reminds me of GCSE physics. Depends, on, it, depends on the composition of the post. Well, yes, exactly. Of course <laughs> it does, Andy, from a goalkeeper. Keeper's point of view there. If it's but wooden, it's more of like a thud. More of a thud if it's wooden. More of a clack if it's that sort of odd metal metal hybrid. Plastic. Plastic. All right. And that's then. funny. I, I just like. No, I just I like. like it. It. I just okay. like seeing okay. it happen. Okay. Uh, it's something that pleases me on a football pitch. We'll find out someone else in a what second. What are the difference in post before we go on? Right. On. The lower down the divisions you go. Yeah. Post used to be like square, didn't they? Yeah. And now the, the uh, round. So uh, which goals back in the day have gone in because there's a post that's round as opposed to being a square. Because that makes a big difference. It does make a difference as to the way the ball bounces and not the post. Yeah, that's a good point, Andy. More physics in action, indeed. We will rename this show the Physics Rap uh, and push it forward from there. Okay, then. We want to talk in part one about things of the the oddness of this season and where the season goes from here. Uh, In part two, we're going to get Tony Evans on the line to chat about some stuff. And in part three, we're going very, very big on part three, talking endlessly about Southampton away because it, it looms so large in the collective consciousness. But before we go any further, let's crack on with... I mean, the big thing for me, Rob, 70 goals scored, 27 games played. Is it 27? It is 27. Yeah, yeah, 11 to go. Uh, 11 to go. Um, Liverpool are far more Keegan than Kevin Keegan's Newcastle. Um... That's that's an interesting. That that suggests uh, Kevin. We, we're assuming Kevin Keegan's Newcastle was supposed to be cavalier and reckless. Our Liverpool cavalier and reckless is what we're saying here. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure they are. I think we're a fine attacking unit. Well, they've, they've scored more goals by this stage of the season than Kevin Keegan's Newcastle ever managed by some distance. They've conceded more goals by this stage of the season than Kevin Keegan's yeah, Newcastle yeah. ever managed. That's what I mean here. They are far more Keegan. I far more, far more Keegan's Newcastle than Keegan's Newcastle ever. Well, you know, my, my view on this is that we concede goals as a process of a scoring goals, and, and not just that we're cavalier, but. Uh, <laughs> The nature of scoring goals early is that you're eventually going to concede goals because 
you drop off. Look at Arsenal. Uh, they've been beating Sunderland 4-1 last week. They're 4-0 up. They're eventually going to have to relax, and that's going to give Sunderland an opportunity. They wouldn't get in a 0-0 game. The big thing for me, Andy, is the manager sort of targeted this before the ball was kicked this season. He said to us he wants to add 20 more goals. That's what he said when we when we spoke to him. And I felt at the time, I felt he was he was, he was was loading the dice in his favour, given the number of goals Liverpool the, scored in the, the second manager, half last The manager season. says a lot of things. I like Brendan, but the manager, the manager says a lot of things. And I've seen it argued this week about... Uh, I'd something on Twitter like, oh, this is all by design. They knew they couldn't win the league by playing the way other teams play because it just becomes war of attrition and they've got more money in one thing and the other. He was it. explicit and he said it, Andy. Yeah, no, he can have more goals, but I'm not I'm not having it that he was willing to concede as many as what we've been conceding. You look at... I mean, great, just because you score loads of goals doesn't necessarily mean that you can see Rob the thinks it well. does. No, the Barcelona... There's a, there's a factor is all I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, but if you get it right... You get it right. You look at Barcelona from two or three years ago. They hardly conceded the goal at home, and they were fantastic and averaging three or four goals a game. Doesn't have to be. It's not mutually exclusive. Sorry for the David. In, in, in a lesser league, though, and where it's less competitive, and teams, I, maybe it's. You think you think the league is less, less competitive than, than the Premiership? Yeah, I do. I, You're I think, missing. Yeah, I do. I think the top. I think the top. Yeah, no, no just uh, full stop. I think it's less competitive. Peter's around. We're going to talk to him about the Tate in a minute. Uh, but before we do that, then do you think this is accident or do you think it's designed, Peter Hooten? Uh, it's Global Scouse Day, so it's uh, by accident. Which the Tate or the goals? Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ends in the Tate by accident. <laughs> the, the, the ends in the Tate by design. Yeah. Uh, not yours, not your initial <laughs> one. Uh, I grant you that. But no, I mean, this is. Uh, do you think yeah. that, you know what I mean? Have Liverpool made a series of decisions on the football side that have resulted in the four column and the against column that you can see at the moment? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a setup. It's a setup, basically. Uh, the way Liverpool are set up to play. Uh, because it's the Suarez uh, storage conundrum. How do you play with, uh, with with two forwards? Now, we've all seen that Suarez is playing wide, but we are effectively paying uh, 4-3-3 most of the time, aren't we? So I think we've only got one holding midfielder. Liverpool have tended to play with two holding midfielders in the past. Most sides do. And most sides do. Also, we've got a new goalkeeper who there's a massive debate going on in the forums about, uh, you know, what's happening over him. Um, he's not he's not commanding his area. So I think because of that, the defence is unsure. And you can see that by the fact that there uh, there's lots of discussions with Mignolet going on. You know, why didn't you come for that? Why didn't you come for this? You know, so I think it's a combination of a, a few factors. But, um, you know, we... We've got that attack, and we've got the best attack in Europe probably at the moment. Definitely got the best attack. So I think the, he's come to the conclusion of, yeah, okay, we're not going to tamper much with the setup. I'm not going to tamper much with, and leave uh, one of our uh, quality players, our uh, um, players who, who's got the flair on the bench, and we'll just hope that we score more than the opposition. Embracing it, the key thing here, Andy, is what Peter's saying. You know what I mean? The manager's seen this possibility open up and he's embraced it. No, and that's, that's fine, but you can't tell me that it's not down to personnel. You, you can't tell me that if we didn't have a much better, more reliable back four and still play the same way, we wouldn't concede the same amount of goals because we wouldn't. I, th- I think that's true to an extent in as much as you can say, put Vincent Company in our, in our central two. He's got to eliminate a, a number of the mistakes. But I do think there is a degree to which we are we're built to go forward, but we're not built to hold to keep the result, as Rafa used to call it. I think Julio as well. There isn't a sense that uh, 
we're three nil up. Now we have a shape we can contract into, like a, a Roman t tortoise formation, or whatever you want to call it, whereby we can just simply dog this out. But we we're did not do that. built like we, that. But we did do that at the start of the season, the three one nils. We we had we had quite the yeah, shell for yeah. the three one nils. What was it design or was it or was it sort of triumph of will? Who who really knows? Um, as the season's gone by, considering we haven't repeated that, I seem to I, I feel there doesn't seem to be a plan B that says let's do that uh, Andy to me it's quite I don't I, I, I maybe overrate it a little bit I don't even think you need an entire new back four to improve this or a new goalkeeper I think what you need is one thing is which is a leader I and I think that, that will yeah. improve things immeasurably on both sides whether it's back. a dominant centre half who will tell his goalkeeper what he wants and lead the players out or a dominant goalkeeper who will do exactly the same thing well I, th I, I think it's interesting that we end up talking about it in, in that sort of direction the key thing I think Peter is I think if you, if you have the concept of embracing it, it's about embracing the whole mentality. And I think this is the, the key aspect, really, because we've shown we can do the one nils. We've done that. Literally, that's happened. That's what's given this season the initial platform of those nine points mm. was doing one nils and, 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 and drying it up and keeping it steady and, and being quite miserable in those yeah. second halves. Yeah. I think what's massive is that the players play with this abandon and with this joy in their football, which I think transmits to the supporters massively. And I think that the manager's made the decision there that he wants to encourage that as much as possible. You know, he wants to keep that sort of that feeling of, you know, isn't this good, isn't this fantastic going in so yeah. far as he can? Possibly, possibly. But even even when Liverpool are like two, three nil up, you're not confident, are you, that we're not going to leak goals. So that's, that's it's a major, major problem. It's and I think the expectation, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and uh, if we... It's an anxiety. Say we're three nil up and we concede one. Everyone just goes, you know what's going to happen here, and that's that's what. And you look at the whole setup, and anyone who's played football knows that if you've got a goalkeeper who you're confident with, you know it, it's if you have a goalkeeper who's panicking. It, that just spreads throughout the the team. Why are we going to discuss this later? No, no. I'm not. I'm not allowed to comment. Uh, oh, uh, don't right. be that. Don't be that. Andy. You can if you want, but we've done it before. We don't need to go back there, um, uh, Rob. You know this is. I think that on this, it's quite. I'm, you see, I, I, I think, I, I do think it is about saying this is what we want to do. This is who I, we are. I, agree I think, with you, yeah. I think, and I think there is, a, there has been a clear decision made to try to effectively score more than eighty-five goals this season. Maybe even go towards three figures in terms of the number of goals. I think that has been a decision that's been made by the manager, and that's why I, you know, and I think that if you do that, then you do take a certain amount of what happens at the other end. And I do think it's about embedding a certain mentality into the entire football club, and it is one that does mean that, as Peter says, you go three. You concede. You do think, oh Jesus, we all know what could just what, what could go wrong here. But the other side of that is that it's not actually gone that wrong that often. No, no, I agree. And I, I think Brendan Rodgers' approach is it's a bit of a mad scientist. Well, not mad, a logical scientist, which is to test and test again. So if something works for three games, we go with that. If you find another, if it fails, you try something else. In recent times, he's fine. Maybe since the Tottenham game, he's found a pattern whereby if we're, you know, we have this relentless pursuit of the of the goal. It's working, and, he, and he's sticking with this. Did he start with that mentality at the beginning of the season? I'm not so sure. But Brendan is a trial-fail, trial-succeed, trial-fail, trial-succeed merchant. And, you know, I think it's a really, really intelligent approach. Is it an intelligent approach, Andy? Yeah, I think it is, and I think Brendan's fairly bright on this. And I think he's, again, and this may be actually excusing him because of the personnel he's got at his disposal. The system, defensively, I think, works if you have the right, if you have the right people in there. And I'll say this, and I'll back it up, I'll quantify this in so much, as you look how many goals we've conceded where teams have actually carved us open, where you've thought, you know what, good goal, we could do nothing about it. Villa apart when we got ripped to bits, 
uh, tw- you know, two or three times in the space of half an hour. I think that was that was the one time where I thought, so hang on. It's gone too far. Yeah. But apart from that, it's it's just been a, a combination of individual mistakes impacting on confidence, which then lead to more mistakes, which then impact. It's, it's it, a spiraling yeah, process. It's, yeah, yeah. I think a clean sheet would be nice in all this, but well, you know, but this I, I always remember the uh, the old Benitez thing, um, who uh, Peter about the blanket, about you know if you do this at this, you know, football team and the, the, the nature of having eleven people to do this job, you know, if you could obviously have a twelfth, it'd all be much easier. But you know, you've got the blanket. There's only so much that you can do. Yeah. Um, and if if you decide that you're going to expose your feet, mm. that's fine. If you decide that you're going to expose your head, that's fine. The idea that it can't cover absolutely everything, and you've got a decision to make, and this is our current decision. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, th- there's no doubt about it. That, you know, I think I I get the impression that um, there's not much of a plan in terms of defence. That's the that's the impression I get. And the impression has come from watching the, the uh, team over the season. Uh, as you say, in the early parts of the season, there seemed to be some sort of plan. I think we've had so many injuries in the back four and it's been chopped and changed so often. And the goalkeeper is so hesitant that I think they're just thinking now, we can score four goals in every game. Let's go and do it. Let's do that instead. All right, all right. This top four finish looks more and more likely through. Uh, some would argue these tactics, I would. Um, the squad next season, therefore, looms large in the mind. The aspect of it that I'm most interested in is the loanees who've clearly been sent out on loan to get experience. So I think the six of them, uh, Wisdom Elori, Suso, Barini, Asaidi and Robinson, they're the six who've been sent out for experience quite clearly. Um, Cody as well. Cody as well, possibly. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Mm-hmm. I've not put him on the list. Cody's having a great month for Sheffield. Yeah, today, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reports that month. come back is yeah, that he yeah. looks absolutely excellent. Mm. I mean, Rob, are you looking at those names there thinking that, you know, next season, Liverpool are currently doing what they're doing with a squad that is effectively 14 uh, whilst there's other players coming in now to the bench, the, the, the manager tends to be using about 14 players on, on average every single week, and it's the same 14. You know, are there any names there that you think they're going to add to that going into next season? You'd, there's been good reports on Suzo, uh, and you wonder if he if there's a callback on him to become uh, Coutinho's understudy. Asayidi, although he's done well, you, you just don't see him being at the level required. Jack Robinson, I don't think he's progressing fast enough. Barini's not scoring goals. Ilorian Wisdom is a is, is a tricky one because they're both still players of prospect, and Ilori is an expensive player of prospect. You'd, you'd kind of hope, but wouldn't be certain that Brendan would think, let's bring one of them back who, to, to, to contribute. But I wouldn't be confident well, about anyone but Suso in those. And even then. Loads of uh, loads of complaining there from Rob Gutman. I actually think the reports that come back that you see from these players and all this sort of stuff, Andy, I actually think actually it sounds promising. It sounds like at least going out. Liverpool have used loans wisely this year. Yeah, for once. Um, I, I did laugh at the weekend, though, when uh, Robinson got sent off for bringing down Ivy. Of course, Ivy as well also should be on the um, list. And, and yeah, that was... Uh, Robinson's that, that... debut. Yeah, I did laugh. Uh, I didn't I, say they haven't done well, by I'd, the way. I'd, no, I'd, out, of, out of that list, um, I think Wisdom is potentially got a future. Iori, I, just, I watched them the other day. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know we've said this about Cavani and uh, Dominic Matteo and whatever, but he was actually playing out from the from the back and looked... The player that we thought we had, but you never know. With Sensorov, Suso, I, I think he was level with assists a couple of weeks ago with with anyone in Spain. I think the two on that list they would who'd go and we'd probably get the money back that we spent on them, Berini and Asaidi. Uh, and I think that's where it's been wise to send them on loan because they haven't done themselves any harm whatsoever. In fact, they've exceeded what maybe I want personally what I expected yeah. from them. So they haven't done themselves any harm, and they've also proved that they may, maybe they can, can they can come in. And do a job. I mean, the only thing with those two is, 
and I, I, I constantly bang the drum about this, is maybe the confidence players that need to play every week. Well, that's the key question. That's the interesting thing about Barini. Barini, he's got a lot of fat, a lot of favourites in Sunderland. He seems to be very, very popular on there. Are you going to say a lot of fat yeah, on him? No, no. You can see he's a good team player. There's no doubt about that. But he's never going to score your amount of goals in the Premiership. And he's never really going to be a backup for Sturridge or Suarez, is he? So he's not, He's you know, you just know... Uh, he's not going to make it at Anfield. It's as simple as that. I don't think he will. But then you could but, see um, him scoring 15 for someone else if he was playing. Yeah, you could see yeah. him playing. You know, not you not see, any I mean, day soon, though. He's, he's playing for Sunderland, and he scored... How many scored? What, like two or three in open play, I think. Right, okay. In 27. He's got, he's, he's got them five in all comps in 27. That said, I think that puts him about their second highest scorer. Yeah. That it isn't as though there's anyone at Sunderland who's, who's standing head and shoulders above and banging them in, because they're not creating many chances. They're not that sort of football team. No, but if we're in... The, fingers crossed we're in the Champions League next season, and we can take it, begin to take it for granted... <laughs> He's not Edin Zeko, is he? That's the level of player we need behind Suarez and Sturridge. Yeah, but Rob went at Manchester City on that one. Yeah. No, we don't care, but we, we could still afford a, a 15, 16 million pound player who could, could play at that level. He's, he's, he's not a 5 million well, pound he's, player. Yeah, he's well, simply not good enough for Liverpool yeah. football club. I think it's as simple as that. I think out of that list, I would say Wisdom and Suso were the only ones I, I think have got any potential of any, doing anything in the next two to three years off the basis of not really haven't seen enough of Elori yet none of us have yeah we have, haven't seen enough of him so you know I couldn't really comment on him You know, it's but. difficult to buy young centre-backs it's difficult to find places for them a bit, bit of buzz here There's, you know that's that's tough I think Peter you know yeah. it's tough on a young lad like that to come in because you know I don't think there's a club in the country at the minute who's got a strong record of getting young centre-backs through certainly in the top especially six or seven especially when our main game is based on hesitation at the back <laughs> <laughs> that we used to play at school. <laughs> you know what I think would be perfect for the Ori once he's got, he's going up this year, but if he was going to stay in England, um, especially with the distance advance age, he'd be perfect at Everton because Martinez likes to play football. So Liverpool loan a player to Everton? I'm not saying he ever will. <laughs> what, the school of science because we're the yard dogs? Can't we just have their defence? <laughs> Well, I mean, the and that, then we'd win the league. We've we? we had this previously, which is that, for instance, Distan looks <laughs> Distan looks like the sort of certainly if he was three, four years younger, looks like exactly the sort of centre half would look we? good. And we tried, we, we tried to get him going way back, and mm. either done well for us. I think that there's, you know, that uh, there's two or three there. Wisdom, the big thing about wisdom that strikes me, Rob, is it, you know, it's where does he get the make the breakthrough that you want him to make? Because mm. we want our fullbacks to be able to play a bit, and it looked like he wasn't that able to do that. But you know, he, he's he's got the build, if not necessarily quite the height of a centre half. Yeah, he's a bit caught between stools, Andre Wisdom. He's, uh, you, you, you'd, if I was to give him, if I was giving the, the lad encouragement, I said, look to John Flanagan, who in a Liverpool setup which seemed to be about uh, fullbacks which fly beyond the halfway line, we've suddenly got a compact one that tucks in a little bit, and Andre Wisdom might be looking at John Flanagan, going, I can do that. I can do that. I'm not so bad either. But I do agree that he looks he looks a centre half to me. Whether he's got the spring on him to to, to be a centre half and to get gain that the height, uh, re, uh, compensate for the height disadvantage, I don't know. You don't necessarily have to be six foot three to be a centre half, and I think that's Andre's position. I don't think he's a full back at all. Mm. Uh, he's big, well, he's strong, and aggressive. That, didn't he? Uh, well, yeah, exactly. But I mean, even Carlos Puyol is only is only five eleven, just touching six foot. But you never you don't often see him. It uh, most of it's in the mind. It, it, reverse the scale thing where he's. Six for five and struggles you know it, you can flip that on the head and be small and aggressive Okay then, so the last thing that this brings then, and Rob's been referring to it, and it's interesting with the, what, what Peter and Rob are both saying about Barini then, this is the stress of Sorry, rotation. not the wisdom small by the way, but... Yeah, I know, yeah. How tall is he? Uh, he's about 5'11". He's that's about 5'11". Yeah, that's quite tall. Uh, 
walking at five for walking at five each. You know, to get get into this, then the you know the, the stress, of this rotation, the difficulty of buying. This the key thing for me, Peter. Is it's interesting you say that about Barini. You don't think he looks a Liverpool player? No. I think if you play in a certain way, I think you could get something out of him. Mm. I think that you know you could use him here and there. You could use him off the bench. You could yeah. find places for him. But the difficulty yeah. is. To be a player to come into the way this front six plays at the minute, mm. which is all movements, all speeds. Oh, he's six one according to Wikipedia, uh, which is all movements, all speeds, which is flying around you. Mm. It's there's a level of player here, which you know, yeah. it's back to the issue around mm. you know maybe you need to be a fifteen million pound proper fifteen million pound player to be to be of that quality. Yeah, well, you know, it's the same with Aspas, isn't it? You know, Barino and Aspas very similar players in many respects because they are obviously good team players they actually give you know they won't lose the ball very much they're not going to score your goals in the premiership and it's as simple as that he's bought and so was Aspas as backup strikers and they're not going to do that for you so really you've got to you've got to say haven't you we can't be going with 10 15 million pound players we've got to go for the 20 25 we're going to get your goals and that's the difficult thing rob i mean it's it's, yeah. it's a rod that's been created by the manager for his own back by the fact that liverpool can score 70 goals in 20 27 games by the fact that they're the most irresistible attack possibly in europe as peter says and let's think about what that means for a minute therefore yeah. adding lads around these it really is not going to be easy as sasha nakrani said a few weeks back you know to buy now for this liverpool squad is very difficult yeah and if you're looking at a striker who's comparable everybody is going to look a pale shadow of Sturridge or Suarez at the moment I think the way Brendan will look at it going forward I don't think finding that third striker is is going to trouble him too much I think he's going to think actually Sturridge being as good as Sturridge is has created a, a distortion and a, and, a, and a nice problem to have because ideally Brendan would play with a single striker focal points in, a, in some variation of 4-5-1 so I think he thinks if we're in, if we're a Champions League side here, quite quite frankly, yeah, I'll play Sturridge and Suarez up front in maybe one wide, maybe one tucking in, maybe two up front together. But when we're in that sort of those heady periods of five games in two weeks, I'll play one or the other. And He's not done that though this year when we've had the three games in a week domestic. Because it's not happened relentlessly enough. And the key the key factor is is he's not. Imagine he signs. Um, a top player to play behind the front three. I don't know if it's that Copland Yanka, but let's let's pick an Eden Hazard level player for a minute. We had a, a lad like him in our squad. It's a game changer. Suddenly you can go. I'll tell you what. I'll stick Sturridge on the bench. Play Eden Hazard, Sterling, and Coutinho behind Suarez. Sturridge. You know that's the that's key. why you can see why he wants Willian so much. Exactly. Because you know, Will, you know, he's a he's a very good player. He's a grafter as well. And he's, isn't he? uh, yeah, and he's, he's the a perfect striker team player. player, isn't he? Yes. You know, he makes a few mistakes, but. You know, you can see why he wanted him because he would have fitted in perfectly, and then you could have rested some players. Yeah, it's not it's not the the top goal scorer who's going to be two goals less in the season than Sturridge or Suarez. It's the top player behind the striker we need. City Talk 105.9, the Anfield Wrap coming up in part two. We're going to be speaking to Tony Evans about the game podcast live. We'll also talk to him about the end and the taste. I think that could be fun as well, Peter. Uh, let's not go anywhere. This is the Anfield Wrap. The Anfield Wrap on City Talk 105.9. We're back. It's the Anfield Rap City Talk 105.9. Uh, on the line is Tony Evans. But before we come to you, Tony, you won't believe what Peter Hooten's just been doing. Peter, what have you just been doing? Uh, I've just been doing uh, a tour of the Tate Gallery, uh, which the end is in. Uh, all 20 editions of the end are in, in the Tate Gallery. So, you know, 
been asking me the uh, radio, did you ever think you'd end up in the taste? Of course we did. Yeah, all, yeah, we, all yeah. along that was the plan. Of course we did. Tony Evans, the end is in the Tate. The end is in the Tate. Who knew it had come to this? You, you know what? Well, yeah, you could tell, though, you know. it's uh, Could you, yeah, Tony? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know, Peter just like, you know, he was like, it'll do exuded vision, and, you know, he was, um, he was going to end up in a, in a museum somehow. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, well, funnily enough, I've just um, I'm just putting the finishing touches to um, to the book about 1983, 84, and um, and the end gets um, gets a substantial uh, a bit about that because you know because it did have such an influence. It should be in the uh, it should be in the Tate because it was one of those seminal things. I know I've said it before, but it changed the whole sort of nature of football supporters and the way they were perceived. You know, and it proved that like being a football fan wasn't just nihilism. It had more to it. You know, you could be creative and funny as well. Excellent stuff. It's fantastic to hear that, Peter. It really is. How long is the exhibition running for? It's on till May. Thanks for that, Tony. Uh, uh, what encouraged you to write was at the end? Can we put that on the list? Shameless. Are we to blame? <laughs> Yeah, you're to blame, you you in particular. Everything, every, all the stick I get. You know what? When Rourke demand my head and a public lynching, I'm going to point him in your direction and say, it's Peter Hooten. Without <laughs> him, without him, it'd still be on the dole. <laughs> all right, great stuff. Tony, talking about things that you're doing at the minute, you've got coming up. We want to get you on because you, you, you're bringing the game podcast into our territory, but it's all, we're all right. We're all right about it. It's on the 6th of March. It's on my mum's birthday. I'm not going. It's at the Playhouse. Um, it's, um, I mean, what, 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 how long have you been running these things where you go down and do the game live? Well, I've been doing them for a couple of years and um, and people seem to like it. You know, you get down there and um, you, you, you do the live stuff and uh, and, and, and they all like that. And then you sort all of the into the pub uh, and talk crap for a few hours and get drunk. And, and that, that's, that's when they get the real information. <laughs> so basically, this you're asking people to come to this, but you're also saying to them, you come, you do the show, but you're pretty much signing up for a two-hour session afterwards. Oh, without a doubt. And you know what? The thing is, though, if they don't come to the show, I don't buy them any ale. Can Marcotti handle his drink? He can, he can. It's, um, I'm almost but, disappointed. But, but, but he is loud and verbose. We were, in, um, we were in the White Horse in Person Greens one night, and the manager came out and told us we'd have to leave if we carried on like that. And we were agreeing about something. <laughs> so I mean, basically, you're bringing, you're bringing, you're bringing Marcotti. There's you. You've got Peter Reid, which is a good book, and he'll be interesting. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm from sunny Chilwell, Tony Barris. <laughs> <laughs> South Liverpool's finest. Well, yeah, you know, it's um, you, well, you know my theory about that, like, you know, the South End isn't Liverpool. But we probably don't want to get into that again. We can't, we, we haven't got the time for that on top of absolutely everything I'm else. I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from London. Uh, I mean, how, how grown up is it? I mean, this is the key question, because the thing is, is that, you know, we're not, we try to avoid being grown up when we do our live stuff. How grown up can people expect it to be at the playhouse? Is there a Q&A element? Is there a lot of shouting out? You know, can people give you right down the banks? Well, frankly, look, has anything I've ever been involved with being grown up? I didn't think so. Uh, Andy, well, go there on. you go. You know, so now, now it's fun. You know, it's interactive. There will be a Q&A. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you know, my view is football's about having a laugh. People take it too seriously, for God's sake. Is, is, um, uh, is Mark Hussey bringing his daft whistle with him again? Um, I hope not. Because cause I rammed it up his jacksie last time. So, so let's get this right, Tony. You're in the playhouse. And the end is in the Tate. Something's gone wrong here. <laughs> Something's gone drastically wrong with uh, British culture. Yeah, well, I, I think I think the, the the worst moment though is like, and you'll find this hard to believe, is when I found myself in country life, and then. Um, <laughs> 
writing about beer life. And then and one yeah. of the fellas in work just said to me, the class was over. <laughs> you know, so... You most yeah. definitely lost there. I mean, you're going to talk about you're going to talk about what's going on. You're going to talk about Liverpool. You're going to talk about Everton. You're going to. Talk, I mean, it's the thing is, what strikes me at the minute, Tony, is for the, you know for for your lads who you've got writing for you and with you, it's a strange, strange season. It feels to me like you know I read I'm reading a lot of the, the different journalists today. There's a great piece in in, in your lot today by uh, by George Colker, uh, Colker, which is just absolutely fantastic about about Sunderland. But it, it feels like a strange season where every every journalist I read seems to almost be a bit behind something. Seems to be playing catch up a little bit with what's almost going on the ground because all the old certainties appear to have been flung asunder well it's completely unpredictable isn't it you know I mean who's a thought that uh, you know comes come early March that would still be talking about Liverpool in the title race I certainly didn't you know and who's and a thought Man United going to such a meltdown you know we, we knew Moyes wasn't good enough to, to take over from Ferguson but we didn't think it'd be this bad um, you know and, um, and, and so yeah it's, but that, I mean that's the beauty of it isn't it you know it's brilliant you know it's um, is it the most long... fun season you can remember for the last sort of 10-15 years the most fun you know domestically because I can't remember a domestic season just sort of every you know every game unless Newcastle and Southampton are involved appears to have something riding on it every single game appears to be you know it, it appears to, to be a six pointer some, at some end of the table Oh yeah, you know. So it, it is. It's absolutely fantastic, and um, and and you know, we need more of this. I mean, the, the, for too long, it was just like the same four teams at the top, and the same, you know, the same three teams winning it. And you're like, oh, you know what? It's like, you know, there's nothing worse than boring, predictable football unless we're winning it every year. In that case, it's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, Peter, do you think that this is this is the new normal? I mean, that's the key. That's the key thing now. As you begin to look at next season, we talk about what Liverpool might need to do. We've just got onto that in part one. Do you think? This is the new yeah, normal. I think with with, with chat, what's happening to Manchester United and the the, say, the old certainties of the Premiership have gone, haven't they? I mean, and the very fact that uh, Tottenham can't uh, capitalise on spending a hundred million pounds, the old certainties have gone. Uh, and uh, Tony's exactly right. Football is about having fun. When did it get so serious? When? And you know, to me, a lot of the times going to away matches. The football always used to get in the way of having a good time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's been like that for European matches for years, obviously. But it's, uh, domestic games as well. Uh, and I think maybe it's social media age, Twitter and Facebook or whatever. But everyone takes themselves yeah. too seriously. You're all, you're, I've decided yeah. I've had enough of this. I think that everyone who gets like that about Twitter, you're all following the wrong people. It's great on my timeline. You want to come. Everyone thinks we're going to win the league and everyone's having no, a laugh. Um, it's, uh, I mean, Rob, you know, do you think that this is the new normal now? The, 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 all these unpredictable things, the fact that, you know, even we're going to Southampton at the weekend and we're all terrified of going to Southampton because Southampton have at times this season looked like one of the best teams you've seen for, you know, f- of that level for years. Everyone appears to have a game in them it's too early to claim a trend but it feels like a, it feels like that you know we, we've all got fresh in our minds the bill shankley uh red or dead book by david peace and where he described season after season of incredibly competitive uh competition <laughs> to repeat myself here where all the top sides were in contention and and, and there was no t- no team retained the title between about well barely between 66 and 74 i i do take issue with uh, those that uh, think we need to bring fun back into the game. I think it's more important than that, and I will invoke Shankly at this stage, Tony and Peter, and say, "No, <laughs> I, yeah, believe me, I will. I will maximise my fun before the game. But the outcome of the result is not a matter of laughing or fun whatsoever." Sorry, lads. So basically, <laughs> don't expect much fun the sixth of March. Yeah, I, mean, no I, know, I know a lot of United fans who are actually thinking they're actually supporting United more now because mm. they're so bad. They're having a great you year. Know, the, the lads and, are going. 
away, I think. Yeah, They're having a yeah. great year. But obviously that'll that'll change when the seventh or eighth. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, so Tony, you know, we'll have this. You'll have this on the sixth of March. You'll have it. You're bringing everyone. You're bringing with you. You've got a nice little panel there. You've got it all lined up. Anything else that we should look out for? Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, well, you should look out for, for us. Um, uh, crawl in the alehouses of Liverpool afterwards. Um, well, actually, we'll probably don't do that. Pe- the mitre, won't we? And um, and 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 tuck in there. But you know, it's uh, I say it's, it's it's always brilliant to come home. So um, so, but it'll all be fun. And you know, and I, and I hope the end of the season carries on with the bounce. I do have to say, the voice of doom here, though, when financial fair play kicks in, it's going to ring fence the big teams, and um, and that's going to take us back to like three or four teams, you know, winning everything. So enjoy it while you can. Andy, go on. Oh no, it's right. Okay. Oh, it, it, no, it, it's totally gone. I was going to say, was that is that why it's so important for us to get in there this year? Well, I think I'll box that thing off. Well, Christian Perslow thinks so. Christian Perslow indeed <laughs> does think so. All right, then, if you want to get on this, you can book for well, it online. Did you just say I have greed with something with Christian Perslow? Let's kill this, Tony. Tony, 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 this isn't talk sports. I rule with an iron fist. Tickets cost £5 for time for your Times members, Seven fifty for non-members. You can book online, you can book with the playoffs, or you can call 0871. 620-4025 Thanks so much for Tony for taking the time After the break we're going to tell you why we're so terrified of Southampton This is the Anfield Wrap The Anfield Wrap on City Talk 105.9 We're back, it's the Anfield Wrap City Talk 105.9 uh, On the line is Tony Evans But before we come to you Tony You won't believe what Peter Hooten's just been doing Peter, what have you just been doing? Uh, I've just been doing uh, a tour of the Tate Gallery uh, Which the end is in uh, All 20 editions of the end are in in the Tate Gallery, so you know, been asking me the uh, radio, did you ever think you'd end up in the Tate? Of course we did. Yeah, all, you know, all yeah. along that was the plan. Of course we did. Tony Evans, the end is in the Tate. The end is in the Tate. Who knew it had come to this? You, you know what? Well, yeah, you could tell though. You know, it's uh, could you, yeah, Tate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Peter just like you know, he was like Il Duce exudes vision, and you know, he was um, he was gonna, he, he was going to end up in a, in a museum somehow. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, well, funnily enough, I've just um, I'm just putting the finishing touches to um, to the book about 1983, 84, and um, and the end gets um, gets a substantial uh, a bit about that because you know because it did have such an influence. It should be in the uh, it should be in the Tate because it was one of those seminal things. I know I've said it before, but it changed the whole sort of nature of football supporters and the way they were perceived. You know, and it proved that like being a football fan wasn't just nihilism. It had more to it. You know, you could be creative and funny as well. Excellent stuff. It's fantastic to hear that, Peter. It really is. How long is the exhibition running for? It's on till May. Thanks for that, Tony. Uh, uh, what encouraged you to write was at the end? Can we put that on the list? Shameless. Are we to blame? Yeah, you're to blame, you you in particular. Everything, every, all the stick I get. You know what? When Rourke demand my head and a public lynching, I'm going to point him in your direction and say, it's Peter Hooten. Without <laughs> him, without him, it'd still be on the dole. <laughs> all right, great stuff. Tony, talking about things that you're doing at the minute, you've got coming up. We want to get you on because you, you're bringing the game podcast into our territory, but it's all, we're all right. We're all right about it. It's on the 6th of March. It's on my mum's birthday. I'm not going. It's at the Playhouse. Um, it's. Um, I mean, what, 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 how long have you been running these things where you go around and do the game live? 
I've been through them for a couple of years, and um, and people seem to like it. You know, you get down there and um, you, you you do the live stuff, and, uh, and 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 they all like that. And then you saw the chains of the pub uh, and talk crap for a few hours and get drunk. And and that, that's that's when you get the real information. <laughs> so basically, this you're asking people to come to this, but you're also saying to them, you come, you do the show, but you're pretty much signing up for a two-hour session afterwards. Oh, without a doubt. And you know what? The thing is, though, if they don't come to the show, I don't buy them any ale. Can Mark Hattie handle his drink? He can, he can. It's, um, I'm almost but, disappointed. But, but, but he is loud and verbose. We were in, um, we were in the White Horse in Person Greens one night, and the manager came out and told us we'd have to leave if we carried on like that. And we were agreeing about something. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, basically, who are you bringing? You're bringing, you're bringing Mark Hattie, there's you, you've got Peter Reed, which is a good book, and he'll be interesting. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm from sunny Chilwell, Tony Barris. <laughs> <laughs> South Liverpool's finest. Well, yeah, you know, it's... Um, you, well, you know my theory about that, like, you know, the South End isn't Liverpool. But we probably don't want to get into that again. We can't, we, we haven't got the time for that on top of absolutely everything else. I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from London. Uh, I mean, how, how grown up is it? I mean, this is the key question, because the thing is, is that, you know, we're not, we try to avoid being grown up when we do our live stuff. How grown up can people expect it to be at the playoffs? Is there a Q&A element? Is there a lot of shouting out? You know, can people give you right down the banks? Well, frankly, look, has anything I've ever been involved with being grown up? I didn't think so. Uh, Andy, well, there on. you go. You know, so now, now it's fun. You know, it's interactive. There will be a Q&A. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you know, my view is football's about having a laugh. People take it too seriously, for God's sake. Is, is, so, uh, is Mark Hussey bringing his daft whistle with him again? Um, I hope not. Because cause I rammed it up as Jackie last time. <laughs> so, so let's get this right, Tony. You're in the playhouse. And the end mm. is in the taste. Something's gone wrong here. <laughs> Something's <laughs> gone drastically wrong with uh, British culture. Yeah, well, I, I think I think the, the the worst moment though is like, and you'll find this hard to believe, is when I found myself in country life, and then um, <laughs> writing about beer life, and then and one yeah. of the fellows in work just said to me, "The class was over." <laughs> you know, so you most yeah. definitely lost there. I mean, you're going to talk about you're going to talk about what's going on. You're going to talk about Liverpool. You're going to talk about Everton. You're going to. T- I mean, it's the thing is, what strikes me at the minute, Tony, is for the, you know for for your lads who you've got writing for you and with you. It's a strange, strange season. It feels to me like you know. I read, I'm reading a lot of the, the different journalists today. There's a great piece in in, in your lot today by uh, by George Culker, uh, Culkin, which is just absolutely fantastic about about Sunderland. But it, it feels like a strange season where every every journalist I read seems to almost be a bit behind something. Seems to be playing catch up a little bit with what's almost going on, on the ground because all the old certainties appear to have been flung asunder. Well, it's completely unpredictable, isn't it? You know, I mean, who's a thought that, uh, you know, come, come early March that would still be talking about Liverpool in the title race? I certainly didn't. You know, and and who's a thought Man United going to such a meltdown? You know, we, we knew Moyes wasn't good enough to, to take over from Ferguson, but we didn't think it'd be this bad. Um, you know, and, um, and, and so, yeah, it's, but that, I mean, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? You know, it's brilliant. You know, it's... Um, is and, it the most long... fun season you can remember for the last sort of 10, 15 years? The most fun, you know, domestically? Because I can't remember a domestic season just sort of every, you know, every game, unless Newcastle and Southampton are involved, appears to have something riding on it. Every single game appears to be, you know, it, it appears to, to be a six-pointer in some, at some end of the table. 
Oh yeah, you know. So it, it is. It's absolutely fantastic. And um, and and you know, we need more of this. I mean, for too long it was just like the same four teams at the top, and the same you know the same three teams winning it. And you're like, oh, you know what? It's like you know, there's nothing worse than boring, predictable football unless we're winning it every year. In that case, it's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, Peter, do you think that this is this is the new normal? I mean, that's the key. That's the key thing now. As you begin to look at next season, we talk about what Liverpool might need to do. We've just got onto that in part one. Do you think this is the new yeah, normal? I think with with, with chat, what's happening to Manchester United and the the, say, the old certainties of the Premiership have gone, haven't they? I mean, and the very fact that uh, Tottenham can't uh, capitalise on spending £100 million, the old certainties have gone. Uh, and uh, Tony's exactly right. Football is about having fun. When did it get so serious? When? And, you know, to me, a lot of the times going to away matches, the football always used to get in the way of having a good time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's been like that for European matches for years, obviously. But it's, uh, domestic games as well. Uh, and... I think maybe it's social media age, Twitter and Facebook or whatever, but everyone takes themselves yeah. too seriously. You're all, you're, I've yeah. decided I've had enough of this. I think that everyone who gets like that about Twitter, you're all following the wrong people. It's great on my timeline. You want to come, everyone thinks we're going to win the league and everyone's having no, a laugh. No. Um, it's, uh, I mean, Rob, you know, do you think that this is the new normal now? The, 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 all these unpredictable things, the fact that, you know, even we're going to Southampton at the weekend and we're all terrified of going to Southampton because Southampton have at times this season looked like one of the best teams you've seen for, you know, of that level for years. Everyone appears to have a game in them it's too early to claim a trend but it feels like a, it feels like that you know we, we've all got fresh in our minds the bill shankly uh red or dead book by david peace and where he describes season after season of incredibly competitive uh competition <laughs> to repeat myself here where all the top sides were in contention and and, and there was no t- no team retained the title between about well barely between 66 and 74 i i do take issue with uh, those that uh, think we need to bring fun back into the game. I think it's more important than that, and I will invoke Shankly at this stage, Tony and Peter, and say, "No, <laughs> I, yeah, believe me, I will. I will maximise my fun before the game, but the outcome of the result is not a matter of laughing or fun whatsoever." Sorry, lads. So basically, <laughs> don't expect much fun the sixth of March. Yeah, I, mean, no fun. I, know, I know a lot of United fans who are actually thinking they're actually supporting United more and now because mm. they're so bad. They're having a great you year. Know, the lads are going away. I think yeah, they're having a great yeah. year, but obviously that'll that'll change when the seventh or eighth. Indeed, you know? I mean, so Tony, you know, we'll have this. You'll have this on the sixth of March. You'll have it. You're bringing everyone who you're bringing with you. You've got a nice little panel there. You've got it all lined up. Anything else that we should look out for? Um, I don't know. It's just uh, well, we should look out for, for us um, uh, crawling the alehouses of Liverpool afterwards. Um, well, actually, we'll probably don't do that. Pe- mitre, won't we? And, um, and 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 tuck in there. But you know, it's. Uh, I say it's, it's it's always brilliant to come home. So um, so I hope it will all be fun, and you know, and I, and I hope the end of the season carries on with the bounce. I do have to say, the voice of doom here, though, when financial fair play kicks in, it's going to ring fence the big teams, and um, and it's going to take us back to like three or four teams, you know, winning everything. So enjoy it while you can. Andy, go on. Oh no, it's right. Okay. No, no, it's totally gone. I was going to say, was that is that why it's so important for us to get in there this year? Well, I think I'm, I box that thing off. Well, Christian Perslow thinks so. Christian Perslow indeed <laughs> does think so. All right, then, if you want to get on this, you can book for well, it online. Oh, 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 wait, 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 Peter. Did you just say I have greed with something with Christian Perslow? Let's kill this, Tony. Tony, Tony, never, Tony. Never, Tony, this never. isn't talk sport. I rule, I rule with an iron fist. Uh, tickets cost £5 <laughs> for time for, for, for your Times members, Seven fifty for non-members. You can book online, you can book with the playouts, or you can call 0871. 620 4025. Thanks so much for Tony for taking the time. After the break, we're going to tell you why we're.
was so terrified of Southampton. This is the Anfield Wrap. The Anfield Wrap, brought to you by High Street Solicitors. Keep 100% of your compensation. Call 203-1268 to claim your £200 cash advance. Terms and conditions apply.